Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Radar, and I'm joined, as always, by EJ Snyder. EJ, the 2022 Chicago Bears season is over with a record of 3-14 and and the number one pick in the 2023 draft. Very exciting stuff. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I want to throw a shout out and a thank you to Lovey Smith, who who gave the Texans a good solid kick on the way out the door and said, Build them that ah, trophy. I'm not... I'm not losing the game, uh, which in turn means his former team gets the number one pick overall. So some poetic justice there. Uh, I'm good. There's there's a lot to focus on, um, not only for the Bears, preeminently here for the Bears. And again, the Bears are going to be the focal point of, I would say, both major offseason activities, the draft and free agency. So we haven't seen that in a while. We certainly have seen a few Bears teams that had a lot of money to spend or a fairly high draft pick, but we have not seen both in the same year where the bears have the highest draft pick and the most cap availability in free agency to spend. So it's unprecedented. It's going to be super fun to watch. Uh, and we're going to know a lot more about Ryan Poles and what he really wants to do by the end of this, because now he does, he is out of sort of restriction land, right? He has ripped the restrictor plate off the engine and he has unlimited resource and, and a pretty clean slate of a roster. I'm not sure how many bears are under contract for next year, but it's extremely low. It's like 18. Yeah. So you're saying you weren't around in 1947, the last time the bears had the number one pick. Despite this well-worn visage. Nah, not even close. Uh, your kids told me that you were ancient, that you were older than dust when I saw them. That's so, right. If, if uh, you, I, if you pushed them, my kids would tell you I rode dinosaurs to school, but you know, as a scientist, you know that's not true. Well, there is a little bit of a gap in you know it's millions a, of years and all that kind of stuff. But whatever, that's fine. Um, they'll they'll eventually get there. I don't know what the public school systems are like in your area, but eventually they'll probably teach that. So, let's get into the drinks before we get too much further on because it's happy hour. We are recording this on live on Second City Gridiron YouTube, um, and we decided to go a little early. Normally, we go a little later, um, but we're going a little early during the. Uh, happy hour time in the central time zone. I don't know what it is out there. It's like afternoon for you, but barely, barely after lunch, <laughs> I decided to bring on my bottle because oh, this nice. is the year that I will remember that EJ introduced me to Burrell, the seagrass. Uh, and so this is what we had when we were out, when I was out in Seattle and hanging out with you and did our live show together. And so I thought this would be a nice way to cap off the year and uh, enjoy this with you. What do you got tonight? Um, I might go get a shot of the same thing because I was late to the program. I do not have a drink at my table side and I was 
remiss earlier this week in removing the bottle of alcohol that I keep here in the recording studio uh, for moments just like this where I go, I have this uh, because it just happened to be under the table. Um, so my burrell is upstairs, but I think that's very fitting. So I might go pour some over ice while you answer a couple of questions because I too would like to celebrate. This was uh it was a fun year. We changed the program up a little bit this year. It was a challenging year. Uh, certainly for you, your plate was extremely heavy uh, in terms of load. And, you know, it does feel like this is worthy of a celebration to say, whew, we're through that. It's going to change a lot. We're not exactly sure how, uh, both for us and the Bears. And, and to say, before we do all that, like, we did some good stuff this year and it was a lot of fun. Um, you and I got to see each other, you know, physically in person this year, which is a, a rare occurrence and, and always a good time. Um, so, yeah, I think I might run upstairs and grab some seagrass and uh, throw it over ice. So why don't, why don't you, you do that? And I will do I will set up our big offseason project that we're going to. Be oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On. So go ahead and make your make your run here and, and I will uh, I will go ahead and do that. So um one of the things that we're excited about here on Second City you, Gridiron YouTube is that we're going to be doing a draft show very regularly. And so we're going to be working with Robert Schmitz, uh, Jacob Infante, uh, Quentin Christo, uh, who is not a Windy City guy, but he's sort of adopted into our family here. We're really excited about working with him. Uh, Danny Meehan, who's who's done some work on the channel, um, and then Brandon Robinson. And those five gentlemen are going to be hitting they already are hitting a lot of tape and they're and they're developing draft reports. A lot of people are familiar with Jacob's work and he puts a lot of that on the site. What we're aiming to do is create a lot of content on this channel um, that will be hopefully pretty accessible. I think that there's a little bit of mystery uh, that separates uh, a lot of the fan base from the draft process and, and the, the draft evaluations and some of these terms that are used. We're going to try to demystify that a little bit. Um, and we're going to try to make things a little bit more accessible. There are a lot of players. Jacob's going to look at film for basically every draft eligible player. He's going down into division two players. You know, he, he, for him, this is his bailiwick. He's going to go out and he's going to try to see everybody. Um, the other guys are going to be a little bit more focused. They're going to be taking one position group or two position groups and doing a little deeper dives. And so we'll have um, individuals doing different aspects of this project. We will have a lot of what we're calling building the board is the project, but we'll have a lot of building the position groups at first. So we'll focus in on specifically say, you know, uh, offensive line, maybe even center prospects, and we will stack those players by their position first. So we will have a pretty good idea by position group what we think are the better players um, in, available in this draft. We'll have conversations about that. Maybe we'll have some fun little um, back and forth. We'd like to, we'd like to try to have a lot of uh, audience participation, where maybe you guys can help us pick the next topic, or you'd like to see uh, you know a little bit of a deeper dive on a certain player. We'd be willing to do stuff like that. We have five guys working on this project and then me kind of project managing it, which is great, but that still means there's limited ability and time to, to get to everything. So we can't deep dive into all, you know, 400 prospects, but there will be some opportunities to take deeper dives into specific players that people really want to learn more about. We're really excited about that. We have, you know, the, the ability to, to uh, reach out and, and bring in 
um, different experts across the spectrum. We have the ability to uh, cut up, you know, highlights and uh, to show what we're talking about, the, the strengths and weaknesses of players and put out some specific clips for, you know, individual players or individual position groups. Uh, a lot of this is we're going to just try to have fun and we're going to try to figure out a lot of stuff wrong along the way, but it's going to be Bears specific. Doesn't mean that if you're, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan or if, if you're a Patriots fan, that you can't get value out of it because clearly they're the same pool of players, but it will have a Bears focus. So if a, if a player doesn't necessarily fit in with the Bears scheme or he'd be, you know, stacked that the Bears roster isn't very deep, but if, if a player, it wouldn't even, you know, uh, be competitive on that roster, maybe not a guy that we're going to spend a lot of time with, right? So we're going to be focused as if we were the bear scouting department and the Bears decision makers and and try to uh, craft the project around that. So it's a really exciting idea. Um, and uh, I'm sure EJ, you know, you can pop in from time to time and maybe give uh, some of your opinions as well. Obviously you have your stuff going on at bootleg, which I will uh, kick it back to you to maybe talk about what your off season plans are for bootleg. And then we'll, we'll talk about the number one pick and get in the draft. Cause that's what this show is. We just, we're just going to want to talk about the bears, the number one pick and what we think that that can look like. Uh, so why don't you get into your off season plans and we'll kind of hit the number one pick. Yeah, it transitions really quickly. In fact, it kind of already has like draft season is underway today. I did my first draft focused interview this morning at 9 a.m. Uh, I got calls uh, over the weekend like, hey, when are you when are you starting? When stuff coming out? When can we talk to you? And it's like, I, you know, we're just setting up the playoff preview. But it is this period of the NFL season that I didn't. It's one of the things I understand a lot better over the last two to three years. I, I sort of never understood all the forces that come together on the college side and the pro side as they kind of collide right now over the next five to six weeks to sort of end the NFL season and kick off draft season. I was like, why can't they just wait? Like, and now I fully understand because there are a lot of other things in motion. So uh, we already have our plan to go to Shrine Bowl. We will be there. Uh, coaching staffs were announced today for that Atlanta on one side, New England on the other. So that's pretty exciting. We've we've been getting rosters for about two weeks now uh, from Eric Alco, the director there. Of course, um, Jim and his staff down in Mobile have been putting out Senior Bowl rosters as well. So we're looking over those. Um, and really, it just kicks into, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we don't want to skip all the playoff football because playoff football is kind of NFL distilled down to what everybody's been waiting for best teams playing best teams. Um, so we're not going to skip that, but we definitely, we shortened it up this week. We had two podcasts, one focusing on the AFC, one focusing on the NFC slates of the teams that are left. Um, and we will keep it that way, probably right up until the Super Bowl show. Sounds like we will probably do our Super Bowl preview show uh, from Vegas again because it will be we'll be recording that the Saturday after Shrine Bowl. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But really kicking it into just draft focused content right now. Bunch of traveling. We're going to try and go to a bunch of pro days this year, which we didn't do last year. That's an addition. Um, and then just time right here in the dungeon with the tape on under the light. Well, early or late or however you look at that and getting through a, what is a very large list of super talented players. It's a really cool class, um, but it's just sort of how I, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not lucky enough because I'm incredibly lucky to do this. Um, it's not, I don't have that clean break of like, okay, we're done with the NFL and now we get to do the draft. Like it's both for the next four to five weeks, pretty heavy until the Super Bowl's over. And then, then it can really focused up on draft but um yeah lots of irons in the fire lots of new things be doing a bunch of traveling 
Uh, might see some new sponsors, hopefully, uh, for draft season. And um, just trying to make it work, trying to trying to get to know this class really well, take as many opportunities as we can to talk to players and coaches themselves, because that is a real that's a newish thing for me last couple of years. And it, it really does add a layer of depth, I think, to understanding who they are and what they do well. And and um, always cool to get those opportunities. Yeah, it's kind of like an eclipse, right? Like these huge you know, <laughs> planet of covering the entire league and then this huge planet of trying to understand the incoming draft class and all the work and prep that goes into that. I think it's, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't I don't dive into the film um, at all uh, that that's not my thing, um, but I, I can appreciate how much that takes. Right. And And so you're spending, you know, a couple hours per player. If you're just going to be talking about one position group, you know, that even that is a, is a pretty huge task just to just try to nail down one position group and then um, building off of that and trying to understand the whole class and how it all fits together. You know, it takes months and you know, a lot of these guys, this is their full-time job and that's all they do, right? They're not worried about what's happening on the NFL field. You know, I just watched hustle last night. It's not that good of a movie, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fun. It's it, I'm not a big basketball fan. That's maybe part okay, of it, but, okay. but part of, part of it was like, he was a scout and he's running around the world trying, you know, watching these guys. Um, yeah. You don't necessarily have to do that, but there are guys that are, that are doing that right They're They're going to the games on Saturdays and they're in the mm -hmm. facilities. They're talking to coaches throughout the year. Those are those scouts that are on the ground um, that are informing their teams of, of these guys and getting the early start. Uh, so you're playing catch up. And, and so what, I think is interesting at this time is that people feel pretty strongly about some of the top prospects and some of those guys will certainly stick around. Some of those guys are kind of move a little bit down once the testing starts or whatever. There's always going to be players that are going to right now they're ranked 130th on these big boards. And then by yeah. the time draft comes they're you know, first round or second rounder. Right. So th those things are kind of fun. Um, when, once the NFL scout community catches up, with everything and, and the boards get updated and the, a consensus kind of uh, comes through, but the bears are in such a fun position because they were basically gifted the number one pick with that crazy finish uh, with the Texans and Colts game. What a, what an amazing finish from Lovey Smith and, and good for him. Like you said, to give the middle finger to that organization as he was on his way out to, to cost them the number one pick, maybe costing them, you know, the, a, an in a divisional trade, right? The, the Colts may jump uh, them to, to take the quarterback of their choice. So there, there, there's some real fun storylines that developed because of this. Obviously, the, the fun storyline being uh, Lovey Smith, former Chicago Bears coach. I love the idea of like an art installation of Lovey's beard being put on like all of the statues around Chicago, right? Like put them on the lions, the, uh, you know, put, put them, put them on the Hallis. Um, uh, can can we make a beard big enough for the bean? Is it possible? I, I don't know. I don't see why not. Right. I mean, if nothing okay. else, we're just going to have to Photoshop it in. We're, we're going to have to figure that out. So, um, but uh, yeah, good for lovey. And you know, such a good guy, still beloved in Chicago. And it, I mean, I'm sure that he doesn't care that the bears have the number one pick at all. It doesn't, that obviously didn't met, enter into his mind by any stretch of the imagination, but it's fun for us. And, you know, again, the, this city still has a lot of love for lovey Smith. So um, good for him, but bears go into this season. Like, like we've talked about most cap room in the league by a long shot, um, ton of yeah. money to be able to spend. And then the number one pick, the number one overall pick. Now I have said that it would be malpractice 
if Ryan Poles does not trade out of that pick to get more picks so that you can start to fill some of the holes. Now, it takes two, and trading is not easy. It isn't just like, hey, number one picks for sale, give me all your picks for it. There's a lot of nuance that goes into this. There's relationship building. This is his second year on the job. He's had calls with some of these, these other GMs for sure. There's other GMs that are motivated to get up to number one, um, we would think. But again, there has to be what's called a positive bargaining zone. I mean, I, I took a negotiations classes in, in, in grad school, and like I, I know this stuff from a very nerdy level. But basically, if there is an overlap in interest where the Bears can get enough capital where they feel like they're making themselves better by trading down, and another team is willing to give up enough capital because they think they're making their team better uh, by trading up to acquire the, the player that, of their dreams uh, with the number one overall pick, that's a positive bargaining zone, and they will be able to reach a deal. Are, is, are the Bears going to get this like unbelievable haul that is going to set them up forever. You know, these, like the, uh, these, was it the Herschel Walker trade? Like the, the craziness, the, the, uh, um, uh, uh, Williams, um, the, the running back with Mike Dicka, Ricky, uh, Ricky Williams, right. The, these crazy trades that, you know, were just kind of outlandish, you know, we don't need to go to the outlier scenarios necessarily, but it is a very valuable pick. Um, we would expect some level of pretty significant compensation in this draft and some compensation in future drafts. So it could be just 2024, uh, like a future pick, but it also could even get into the 2025 draft because that capital is live. So there's there's a lot that could happen here, but my expectation is that Ryan Poles will find a deal and he will trade out of that number one pick um, at least once. I mean, everybody, you know, lesser, hey, maybe they trade twice. That's an even tougher thing to do but i think at least one trade down uh and still put yourself in a position to take a good football player yes <laughs> yes <laughs> they i would be very surprised uh i think the not the least likely scenario but one of the least likely scenarios here is stick and pick i i don't think that will happen for a multitude of reasons um the price will be extremely high and it's not because of a trade chart or value chart or, or, or anything else. The bottom line is you have the ultimate piece of leverage in the NFL draft. Nobody can trump you. If you have the first pick, nobody can jump you and take your player. So it is the ultimate piece. Therefore it is, you pay the ultimate price to get it. it is the most expensive pick in the draft by far, like exponentially as even as you drop down to two and three and four, if you look at any point value chart, one is worth a lot more than those picks uh, because of the power and control. It is a unique position within the draft. There will be multiple teams that believe that a quarterback and there are quarterbacks in this draft can change the future of their franchise. And when you're talking about a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar business and changing the course of that for the next eight to 10 years, two number one picks, three number one picks is not a lot to pay for that. It's a tremendous amount of draft capital. We just talked about that. The number one picks being pretty darn expensive and rookie quarterbacks who would presumably be the starter at that point, if that much was paid for them, don't do so well. So again, the next pick, the next year, their first round pick is still going to be pretty valuable. That all being said, a couple of teams are going to want that presumptive guy to lead their team. 
A lot of people are talking about that being Bryce Young right now. We're we're not to that point. Yes, he's one of those guys that will be in consideration for that role. And if a couple of teams lock on, it's not about what they should pay. It's about what the other team will pay. And they won't be told that. They'll have to infer that, right? And so Ryan Poles can sit back and say, great, you don't want to give me your first round picks for the next two years plus a bunch of other picks? They will. And if they say, yeah, we'll give you the first round pick for the next couple of years, he's going to go right back to the other one and say, okay, give me your next first three first round picks. And that is the maximum. You cannot trade picks past the third year of the draft. So they can't say four first round picks. Not possible that that pick is not up for sale for them. Um, Is it likely because quarterbacks break the rationality scale for the draft? And the number one pick teams get, there isn't another way to put it. They are desperate to change their franchise. And if they don't have a quarterback, it is the way to change their franchise. So they will pay whatever. Is it therefore likely that Ryan Poles comes away with three first round picks from a team that becomes enamored with, whether it's Bryce Young or another signal caller that they believe can change the course of their billion dollar franchise? The answer is, yeah, that is not at all out of the realm of possibility. In fact, it's somewhat likely. I would I would pretty much expect it. Yeah, and I think that we could maybe expect it before draft day, right? Like, I mean, yes. this is live right now. So there's nothing that says that you can't make that trade anytime up until the draft. Mm-hmm. And so I would expect a move to be made sooner rather than later so that you can kind of reset the building and you can say, okay, now we have, you know, for example, we have made a trade with Indianapolis, we now have the fourth pick. Mm-hmm. So let's now reset our board with the understanding that we may be on the clock at four. Do we want to see if we want to trade down again, or do we want to try to see what we think is going to be available? And like you said, stick and pick and take a guy at that at that point. And so I, I would expect there to be movement before the draft. And so I think that in March, you're going to start hearing things. Uh, and and I, I could see a deal happening, you know, as soon as, I don't know, St. Patrick's Day, right? Uh, they'd wait a little bit later. They're go- They're going to wait to see who comes out of the weeds. And as we all know about draft cycle, it changes, just like you said at the top of this, a lot as we go on. People move up, people move down, opinions change. Um, consensus swells, if you will, about certain players. People become more sure that X is a sure thing. Uh, they're going to wait for all that to play out. And they're going to wait for any potential suitors to come out of the woodwork and go, Hey, uh, we weren't in the market before, but we've traded our starting quarterback who everybody presumed was going to be our leader. So now we're a new player in the market and maybe we have a good pick or a better pick or, or better package of picks. So the bears will wait to play that hand. They're not going to play it early and then go, Oh, we could have gotten more. They'll wait probably right up until, you know, at, I would say at the earliest, a few four or five days before the draft to really pull the trigger and finalize that they might wait a little bit later, but it will be done before the draft because it is the top pick. I think we will go into this draft knowing that the top pick no longer belongs to the bears. It now belongs to team X and the bears are picking at and have X load of capital to work with both in this draft, like you said, and in future years, but a bunch of it will be in this draft. It won't just be a one in this draft. It will be a one and a two or a one and a three in this draft, plus maybe another pick or possibly even a player, but that's a little bit less likely. Yeah. I've seen a lot of fun player scenarios, right? Again, with the, with the Colts, 
uh, there, there was a lot of fun stuff that was happening and, and our friend Brad Spielberger sort of took that to the next level where the Colts got to, tr- you know, they offered in trade in this uh, very funny uh, hypothetical trade. Peyton Manning's passing records, uh, which someone astutely pointed out that the Bears will finally get a 4,000-yard passer um, after that trade goes down uh, with, the, with the Manning passing records. And, you know, the uh, Chris Ballard's uh, firstborn and all that kind of, you know, like they're just yeah. they're asking Bears fans are going to get in a little out of hand, but it's not impossible that there would be some veteran players um, that would come along with this because at some, some point, some of this, some of these players are actually, uh, it makes sense to send to the Bears because again, the Bears have all the money. So if, you know, if the Bears are able to take on, say, they can take on DeAndre Hopkins uh, contract and maybe an extension, they could take on a DeForest Buckner, right? Like they could take on some of these like high level veteran players that are, you know, could really anchor position groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that makes things pretty interesting as well. Not, not that the, the Cardinals aren't interested in trading up, but, uh, you know, the Colts would certainly be, and then obviously, Eddie Flus would have probably some motivation to reunite with uh, DeForest Buckner. So I'm not going to kill the, the Buckner talk. I think that, that that's at least live. That that could that could happen here. But sure. um, it is it is interesting stuff, and the scenarios are probably going to drive some people crazy. Take them with a grain of salt. They're going to you know just okay. It's all just kind of fun. Um, if it seems outlandish, then it probably is outlandish. But there will be some significant compensation. Um, the, the point that I want to make is that the trading down doesn't necessarily have to stop there, right? Yeah. It does, if, you, if you trade a four, you can trade out a four. That, that's fine. But you could trade, let's say you had, again, let's just use the Colts for an example, and they send their first and their second round pick of this year, and you stick at four, you could trade down in, your, in the second round pick, and you could generate a little more tr- capital for that draft. So there's a, there's a lot of things that Ryan Poles can do if he has a few more picks, and then uh, if you have a first round pick into next year's draft or beyond, you know, those picks can then be traded down uh, for additional capital, particularly if in future years you feel like you're pretty well set up at some of the positions of need at a higher, uh, some of the higher position groups, you can do that, or you can package up some of those and move in for a, for an impact player at one of those key positions. So getting more of those pieces is important for this this rebuild where you have stripped down the roster you've stripped down all of the you know the economic factors that that ryan pace left behind ryan poles has done a very nice job of of excising all of that off of the books and now you have an opportunity to rebuild with new contracts with new players that also means that um everything is going to be in his image right like this this is now you can't really blame anything from here on out um and i i would expect some pretty quick results in terms of making this team competitive next year through this but it can't just be about this draft and this offseason he has an opportunity to set himself up for the next two or three drafts to really set up the bears give themselves depth and impact players for the next five six years yeah they have a lot of opportunity and and one of the things that I, the number one pick is super flashy and it's a little bit like crow syndrome right Ooh, shiny uh everybody wants to focus on that number one pick and rightfully so it is it is the uh, like we said the premier spot in the nfl draft what that also means is the bears have the top pick in most of the other rounds because they do have a full slate of picks this year so they're not only going to get the top pick in the first they're going to get the top pick in the second and the top pick in the third well then i they're not going to get the top pick in the second. Uh, true, because they traded away their second, which was they do have a second. Football. It'll be Baltimore second. Right. So they're 
they're going to have multiple opportunities at the top of each round. And there are three resets if you want to in the NFL draft before day one. And the first round goes off on the first day. The next night is rounds two and three. And there is a reset. There is going to be a reset for that pick that is currently owned uh, for Claypool. Because again, it's, hey, we, we've got 32 players off the board. Uh, or in this case, 31, because Miami has forfeited their pick. Uh, you know, who do you want to come up again of all the players that are left? Do you want the right to pick first? So it's almost like a mini first round pick at the top of the second round. That will happen again, would have been for the Bears, but they traded that pick away. It will happen again when you open the last day. Hey, we have a player now in the fourth round who everybody thought was going to be there in the second. Are there a few teams? And we always see that little flurry on the beginning of Saturday morning of like, Hey, the best of what's available, right? Do you want to trade down five or 10 spots, pick up an additional pick or two because, Hey, you're leading off the now fourth round. And there's a guy that nobody thought was going to be available and we're going to stop his slide. Some team's going to say, no, we're, we think, you know, for a fourth round pick, that's a huge value. And we don't care if we give you a fifth or a sixth, like, or both, like, let's go do it. So there's going to be multiple stages or steps throughout this draft where the bears are presented with the opportunity to say, Hey, do you want to leverage that value? And for a team like the bears that has multiple needs, isn't a player or two players or even three players away to say, Sure. You're going to give us something this year. Cool. You're going to give us something next year. Cool. We need it all. Like that's great. And as long as there's not one of those sort of bears stamped players on their board that they might be letting go, or there's another one that they might be able to get in 10 or 15 picks, they're probably going to say yes. Yeah. A little advice for Ryan Poles. Um, pick up one of those uh, little chargers so that you can keep your phone uh on full because he's I think they're going to go old school and hardwire it it's going to be burn, plugged into the wall. burning batteries i yeah. mean the, the he, he he's his ear is probably going to hurt by the end of the night because he's going to every night like this this guy's going to have yeah. you know 18 hour work days right he's going to barely sleep because he's going to be running the draft like the, the, you know <laughs> this i i'm telling you i i said it on i said it on baron balance i gave ryan poles a hot bowl of porridge which means like good right and i mean that in the sense of we're now done like we're, we're we have gotten through this crap we can forgive all this and now when you look at it and you look back at what happened he kind of did exactly what he wanted to he got rid of all the contracts all he, he got some draft capital for some players that he didn't want on this roster moving forward say what you want about roquan smith we can talk about that contract that baltimore gave him later but he clearly decided when contract negotiations broke off in camp that this guy was not a future part of this team and he was able to get significant draft capital for Roquan Smith you can you can argue that that wasn't enough but to me it was significant uh draft capital and he doesn't have to pay him so that there's money uh open for him to reallocate to position groups that he might find more valuable and you have I think he, I, in my opinion, you feel good about uh, Justin Fields moving forward. Um, some people aren't convinced, but whatever. I'm, I, I think he's convinced that he's, he feels good about Justin Fields moving forward. And then he has all the cap money and he ha he owns the first pick in the draft. So this is perfect. This is a perfect scenario for Ryan Poles to go into this offseason. He runs this offseason. Yeah, he can do, again, 
he can go where he wants to go. There's nowhere he can't sort of drive for all those people out there that go, oh, the Bears don't spend money. Um, quite frankly, it's not up to the Bears. The amount of money that the Bears have to spend is negotiated by the CBA. So the amount of money that they can spend, the cap, which is the number that everybody focuses on, is negotiated by the CBA. But so is the floor. There is a minimum amount that the Bears have to spend in free agency, and they don't have a choice. They can't put in a little card that says, oh, we're saving that for next year. No, there is a minimum amount as a percentage that they have to spend of that money this year. They have to by rule. So the whole like, oh, the Bears are cheap. If you take the floor number, <laughs> it is far greater than many teams full cap number this year. And the Bears have to spend all that. So the whole like Bears are cheap thing is going to go out the window. They have to spend tens of millions of dollars this year. And they will um, improving this team. And that means a lot of contracts, a lot of big contracts. You're going to see some, uh, you know, position resetting contracts. We saw the Christian Kirk contract, the Jaguars last year that all general managers were upset about because it set off this chain reaction of wide receiver movement throughout the league because everybody went, well, if Christian Kirk's getting that, what am I worth? You're going to see a couple of those from the Bears because they're basically going to have to, right? They're not going to sign 50 guys. They're going to sign, you know, 20 guys maybe. And if you look at 20 guys and the tens of millions of dollars they have to spend, there's going to be some big contracts in there. Yeah, I said in my 10 Thoughts article this week, but, uh, you know, it's it's a little annoying sometimes I'll, I'll say the word annoying but it, it is what it is like every time someone says hey this this player is available in trade or hey this player just got cut and inevitably there's like well the bears should sign him right you know and it's so many times it's like guys like just no that doesn't fit you know so <laughs> now the answer is yes <laughs> the answer is or the answer is they should look into it right like every yeah. good player um, you know, that doesn't play quarterback, like it really is live for this team right now. There's just, there's just not, you know, maybe you can make the case that they're set at safety, right? They've got two good safeties that they like. I don't think they're getting rid of Eddie Jackson. And I think they certainly should like what Jaquan Brisker showed them, but corner. Yeah. They need another corner, right? Linebacker. Sure. They could use another one of those defensive linemen. They need like eight of those. Let's, let's go right. Offensive line. Yeah. They need to rebuild that wide receiver. Yes. That's not done being built running back. Dave Montgomery's a free agent. You need to add to that room. Like, tight end yeah absolutely you need another one with cole Komet. like every single position group needs something here probably don't need a punter you know i think i think we're good with the guillotine but other than that like everything everything's live so the answer is yes you know if it's a good player and he's hitting free agency or he's being made available in trade like this deandre hopkins talk and i've mentioned it twice already because he's one of my favorite players and i will not be rational around deandre hopkins if he comes i'm not even going to look at the price tag of what it costs or what I'm not, I'm not going to be rational. You can't ask me that question because when your fate, one of your favorite players comes and gets to play and put on Navy and orange, I'm not rational anymore. This is what happened with Khalil Mack. You mm -hmm. couldn't ask me to be rational about the Khalil Mack trade because I loved the player when he played for the Raiders. Yeah. So no, it, it's out there and you're right. I got asked a really good question in that interview this morning. I love good questions. One of my favorite things about doing interviews is when you get asked a really Really good question. They're like, where, where should we not concentrate? Like, where should the bears not be looking? And, you know, my answer is outside of quarterback 
and possibly if you just want to group together secondary, but you're right. They, they need a good nickel. Uh, you know, they could use another outside corner. Um, you know, they could use a third safety. There's, there's a lot of looks in the NFL where you play a third safety. And so third safety is kind of creeping into what nickel used to be as like, well, are they a starter? Nickel has been a starter for the last three or four years based on usage. Third safety in a lot of defenses is bordering on starter territory. So, you know, but yeah, like you said, defensive line, uh, they just, they don't have a lot there. They have a lot of guys that can help, but they don't have the people that they can set their stake of who they want to be. So there's tons and tons of need all across this team, multiple positions, multiple positions within each position group and in several cases. Um, but then there's this, what do they want to be? And the second question, the follow-up question in that interview is, do you think they know what they want to be? And my answer is, I don't know, but I hope so. And we're going to find out because <laughs> make no mistake, the bears did what they did this year because they had to, there were multiple reasons that forced them into these decisions. And they decided the best way to navigate what they'd been given was to do what they did slash and burn, get everybody off the books, get a minimum number of players at a minimum number of contracts, get through the season, highlight that Justin had enough ability, not just physical ability, but football playing ability to be the guy to solidify that notion. And they did that. They recreated an offense just to do that. They did that. And they just had to get through this year. They did it because they had to. This is not the ideal of what Ryan Poles or Matt Eberflus or Luke Getze wants the Bears to look like. So now we've talked about that being the past. The gates are open. The table is clear. There's stacks of money on it. What do you want to be? You better have a really good idea because, like you said, all these opportunities come up. They come up in the draft. They come up in free agency. And people go, should we go after that guy? He's flashy. He's cool. And it's like, great. Well, what do you want to be? right? Do you want to be a power running team? Do you want to mold yourself after the Carolina Panthers and beat the hell out of people? If you do little spindly wide receivers that don't block, don't really fit your thing. They might be a great wide receiver, but maybe not in your system. So you do need that fit of what does a player do well? And is that what we need? And the idea of, is that what we need for the bears is evolving and it will change. It will not be what you saw in 2022 it will be something different. And the question was, do they know what that is? And my answer is, I, I hope so. I hope they have a really good plan on a big whiteboard somewhere that says when we have our chance to make this, to mold this, to build this, to buy this, these are the things we want the most because this is what we want to be. I hope you're right. We're going to find out and it's going to yes, be fun. We, are. Right? we can, yes, we can we make are. our assumptions and we can make our, you know, this is what I would do. Right. And those, yep. those things are fun to do. Um, I, in, in, in a kind of a, you know, mind meld with uh, somebody out there in the universe, I, I say, okay, you took the secondary players because it um, usually takes a year for them to you know, come up and learn and mm -hmm. get, you know, and so my next year, those guys are going to be in a really good position. I mean, I think Brisker played pretty well as a rookie, but you know, um, you, 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 you Gordon came on late, you know, mm -hmm. you see that progression year two, you hope you get a lot out of him. Now, all of a sudden you have a secondary that can really compete and you add in some defensive linemen. 
Um, the, those guys usually hit the ground running a little faster, you know, either through the draft or you, or you add in the free agency. Now all of a sudden, maybe your defense can become competent, right? Like, so in that, in that side of the ball, I can kind of see the picture on the offense. I don't know. Like, I mean, they, they got a lot of work to do. You know, they, a they, lot. They have, they have to figure a lot of things out. So, uh, let's EJ, let's take a quick break. And then on the other side of this, I want to talk about just big picture of what this draft looks like so far as you get started. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, EJ. Let's talk about the 2023 NFL draft. So for those of you listening, the 2023 NFL draft will take place starting on Thursday, April 27th. So you will hear nonstop uh, from Bears stuff about the NFL draft until then. So if you're not a draft person, just want to like wake up when you get the draft class. Um yeah, plug your ears, right? Uh end of April is when this happens. Now I will mention that this is they have started moving the draft around. It used to always be in New York. They used to be the thing. And they started moving the draft around. This year is in Kansas City. And Kansas City is very close to where I live. That is within a very short drive. And of course, Kansas City, they do this thing called barbecue quite well. Yes. And I enjoy barbecue a lot, immensely. Yes. And so I think that I'm going to come down and see my friend EJ um, and my friend that I've never met, Brett, um, yep. and and maybe uh, you know some other people during the draft. So that's something to look forward to as well. Is that there's opportunities for those of you that live in the Midwest, to maybe attend one of these drafts. Um, mm-hmm. But if not, like we'll we'll be there in person uh, to take all of this in. So uh, that that's kind of the the big picture of what we're all heading toward is is the uh, late April draft starting on Thursday night with the first round. But from a big picture perspective. What is sticking out for me right now? You haven't done all the player evaluations mm-hmm. or anything like that, but what are some of the themes that you early on in the process see emerging? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's uh, the draft continuum is a slider. We start really just a few days after the last draft ends. I mean, I started the sheet I'm looking at right now about five to six days after last year's draft ended. I take a bit of a breather and then you start building what's, you know, who, who didn't come out, who is coming out. 
Um, and that process is still ongoing. Not everybody's declared. Certainly not all the underclassmen have declared. Um, not even all the what we call upperclassmen have declared. We just saw today that Spencer Rattler is going back to South Carolina. We thought he was going to be in this draft class and the quarterback class. So the the just need to say that these sort of grades are incomplete, right? When you didn't do all your work in school and they gave you the old INC, need to do a little bit more. All of this stuff is early and incomplete. We haven't seen the full class solidified. People will leave and go back to school. People will add their name into the hat to come out that we maybe didn't expect. Um, some people will get injured and change their minds. So it, things are fluctuating. But what we see right now is a really talented class, which is awesome. That makes it a lot of fun for folks like me that spend a lot of time doing this. Um, and, you know, the Bears have a lot of needs. We talked about that earlier. So it's a little bit easier to say the draft lines up with their needs because they have needs everywhere. Um, but some of their strongest needs or their biggest needs, like defensive line, there are some very talented defensive linemen and both interior and what we would call exterior or edge rush talent in this draft. The Bears need both. And there are talented players at all, you know, officially three or four of those spots, depending on how you slice it. Um a lot of strength there and a lot of names you've heard and a lot of names you will hear, especially uh, attached to the bears because they're going to be high picks um, and they're very talented. Uh, they've both been in the spotlight uh, certainly the top edge rusher and the top defensive tackle have been in the spotlight since last year when people were talking about how good they were and they weren't eligible for the draft. That's Jalen Carter as the interior defensive lineman from Georgia and Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama, who, if he had been able to been eligible to come out last year, may have been the top overall pick in the draft. Um, so those guys are going to sort of lead that class. Some other areas there, it is a strong Gurr quarterback class. Last year was a bit of a down year for the quarterbacks. Um, this year, not so there, there's a lot of talent and you will see it spread throughout the first, you know, one to three-ish rounds, um, a lot of arms that people have uh, a lot of hopes uh, that they can lift franchises. A lot to look at there, which is really cool after last year. Um, tight end is extremely strong. This is one of the strongest overall tight end classes we've seen, and there are some legitimate freaks in this class, um, really big guys that can move and catch. Um, some guys that will make you flat-out giggle. Um, where you just look at him and you go, what, what is that? How did he end up playing tight end? Um, that's a lot of fun. The running back class. I know a lot of people don't want to talk about that. Certainly not a pie is very strong. There are some great running backs in this class as well. Um, wide receiver has some real strength at the top. That's again, good news for the bears. They need, if they don't go out and get a new Hopkins to be their alpha, um, they're, they're going to be looking for that player. Those players are here. Um, and lots of other flavors down throughout the board as well. Really talented guys that can contribute to an NFL passing game. Again, once the Bears decide what that game is going to be for them, those types are going to be available. It's a good, strong, deep wide receiver class for the third year in a row. Um, offensive line, there's some good players. I wouldn't say it's extremely strong. We had a you know, really strong tackle class a couple of years ago. It doesn't look quite like that. Um, interior offensive line looks pretty good. Bears, again, need help there. Um and there are definitely some highlighted players that are, um, 
you know, will be targets and will be linked to the Bears, not only because of positional need, but where they played. One of the top tackles is from Northwestern. Uh, one of the top centers is from Minnesota. Uh, you know, there's there's guys at Notre Dame, as there always are on the offensive line. So you, you'll see these connections be made for uh, players to the Bears. Um, and you will hear the name Mustafer again. Mm, the Penn State must. Yeah, the Penn State must Sam's little brothers in this draft. He's a defensive lineman for Penn State. So you will hear must again. And it is not Sam. It's his little brother. So I only know that because one one of the must relatives came at me pretty hard in the offseason about <laughs> something I said about Sam. So that's uh, right. So now you're being very careful about the brother. Uh, I, I mean, I'm fine if they want to keep coming at me. And but, you know, maybe just don't accuse me of saying something i didn't say but anyway that being said um yes that being I, that being not said i mean i been pretty clear in what i feel about sam mustafer and i have been trying to replace him for for multiple years here but i i wasn't there there was a very weird comment about how because he went to notre dame that means that he's a better player uh than another center who didn't go to a, as good of a college. And I was like, that's not how it works, man. It's not yeah. how it works, man. Yeah. Uh, so I saw a Facebook comment today, which as Lester says, if it comes from Facebook, it's, it's usually um, pretty, pretty bad. Uh, but something, it was almost like, like if you thought the worst possible comment could be made um, and then go to you Facebook like and check it, your work. <laughs> and yeah. it was, uh, it was, uh, I just watched the national championship game and I believe oh. that the bears should move Justin Fields to running back and, uh, draft Stetson Bennett with the number one overall pick. I didn't know that a take could be that bad, but here we are. Yeah, I, here we are. There are a lot of misnomers about draft season. You're about to see them all. Uh, you know, welcome, welcome to the world. Um, this is the season. It is great and terrible, and and many things in between. Uh, I've already started to see it. Um, I put out a comment about Spencer Rattler going back to South Carolina, and I said, if you ever didn't think NIL wasn't going to matter. Um, and immediately people didn't read that comment as, Hey, that guy can go make some money off his talent now. So he doesn't have to go to the next level immediately, or maybe even before he's ready. They said, what if he's just trying to better his draft stock? And I was like, yes. And he probably is trying to better his draft stock, but now he can afford to do that. He can go back and not lose nearly as much money possibly if he was going to be drafted later, uh, like he was last year before he transferred to South Carolina, you know, he still would have probably had to go for the money five years ago when he couldn't be paid for his talents in college. Now he can be, and he can go back and say, Hey, I really like South Carolina. I like my fit. I like what I was able to accomplish. I think I could do even better and yes, get drafted higher, but I also get money. It's not at a loss. I don't have to gamble that. And if I get hurt in the second game of the year and blow my knee up, now I've lost everything. Like, no, yes, and like it's it's not a shot at Spencer Rattler. It's a I'm glad he can get paid and make the best choice for him now with a much more even money differential. That just makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not just money to go buy a fancy car either, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these players are taking some of that money and they're able to 
buy an insurance policy for uh, take an insurance policy out on themselves so that if they do get hurt in that in that final year and that costs them draft position they uh, can recoup some of that money that they would have mm-hmm. had right like there, there are things like that that happen um, as well and of course yeah they're probably buying fancy car and being a well 19, the funny thing about year old making bad decisions but you know and that buying is that they're not they or, have or getting, fancy cars yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not buying fancy well if cars. they're getting money that can be exchanged for goods and services that's how i understand the economy working so they they can they can use that well, for how they wish but they can also get stuff as they can also just get stuff yes which in spencer rattler's case uh he has a thing with uh mopar they have a spencer rattler edition like challenger or charger of course uh so yeah of course so he gets a car plus the money and uh quinn yours is uh drives a lamborghini is is has an nil deal with lamborghini of austin sure uh, famously got his car towed during the second or third week of texas's season because he parked it outside dkr and some campus cop towed it i'm like why do you if you see a lamborghini at dkr it's either NFL player that came from the Longhorns and is back for the game or your starting quarterback's car. Maybe, maybe, maybe your coach's car. Don't tow it. Maybe like, don't tow that. Just don't tow it. Did you see the kid that uh, was the, the meme with the Popeyes where he's kind of looking? Yeah, like, and he's know, getting an he got an NIL deal with Popeyes. I, I love he's an that. offensive line. Of course, he grew up to be an offensive lineman, right? And he looks um, the same. That's the crazy thing. He's got that look in his eye, which is the famous piece of the meme. I'm like, what are you you doing? He looks the same in his college football photo, which is awesome. Loved it. Love NIL. I think that, uh, I mean, Lesser and I need to to talk about that a little more because that's kind of a – that's kind of an offensive lineman's dream, right? It's kind of a perfect circle. Yeah, that's amazing. If, yeah. You know, I wonder what Lester's NIL deal would be. That That's the question. I need oh, to ask. Zima. Of course. Oh, well, well, maybe not, maybe not Zima. at that point, but, but yes, yeah, so now it would be Zima. His NILD will be, would be Zima. Yes. Uh, if they, they get him to bring it back. Yeah. Special, bring a it special back. brood edition of Zima for Lester. That's so. right. All right. Well, that's kind of the show. That's the big picture of what we wanted to talk about. We don't know enough yet because it takes time. Um, like you said, you, you started a little bit last year, you catch some things here and there, you can get the big themes, but to really dive in deep and stack the position groups and build your big board and all that stuff, that stuff takes time. And that it's fun and interesting. If you're into that, we're going to try on, on this channel to try to demystify some of that, as I talked about at the top of the show, but stick with us um, at, on second city head on over to bootleg and, and consume some of EJ's content over there uh, with Brett Coleman. Of course they're doing, they go deep into the draft as well between those two shows. I don't think you need to go anywhere else, um, but if you want, you know, there's other draft people out there, but this will Got give me. you a league perspective and, and we'll give you a very specific bears perspective. And uh, I think between those two sources, you'll, you'll have that. And of course you can ask us questions along the way and we will try to, um, you know, gauge your interest and in, in what you want to hear more about as we move along. So we will end season four of Bears Over Beers here. And I just want to thank all of you for hanging out with us throughout the year. Again, we changed focus this year. It got very difficult at the end because the Bears put nothing fun on tape the last couple of weeks. Um, but throughout the year, we got to deep dive into a lot of players that we think will probably be contributors into the future, some that maybe won't be. Um, but we, we got an opportunity to really focus in on one player a week and sometimes two players a week and take a, a little bit of a different look. And so thanks for coming along for that ride and, uh, thanks for supporting us. And 
I don't know, man. Uh, enjoy your off season. Go do something other than football. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, yeah, that's a thing, right? Uh, yeah. And, uh, like, whew. And then, uh, you know, gear up, man, because it's, it's going to be a fun 2023. This team is going to be fun next year. And that's my prediction. Yeah. They, I mean, there's going to be, there were a lot of storylines this year, and the storylines really focused around change. And that change was, taking things that were negative and trying to make them neutral, right? Trying to erase financial hits, trying to erase players that weren't going to contribute down the road that. So next year, that focus is really going to shift from we're at neutral to, we want to make it cool. Let's make it cool. That's a great way to end it. Make it cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bear down. Bear down.